0: Welcome to the Leaders of Lasting Impact podcast. My name is Matt Pohl, founder of The Rewild Group. We believe that as a fundamental part of the human experience, that work is not only essential, it's valuable, that work matters. That's why we're on a mission to multiply the number of exceptional businesses globally. We want business owners and their employees to thrive at work. Thanks for joining us for another episode where we discuss stories of how leaders are having a lasting impact on small and mid-sized businesses. Welcome to the Leaders of Lasting Impact podcast. I'm Matt Pohl, your host, and I'm pleased to be joined today by Jamie Seeker, who's the founder of Seeker Solution. Um, just wanted to uh, thank you for joining us today, and we're really excited about hearing about your background, your story, and how you're impacting small and mid-sized businesses. I was wondering maybe we could start with you just telling a little bit about your background, uh, about yourself and your business background.
1: Yeah, thanks. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me. Um, Yes, my background has always been in business um, operations at some capacity, whether it was like entry level customer service or, you know, things like that. So I've always been kind of in the business side of things. My degree was that. Um, I really was a numbers person in school. So I wanted to go into like accounting and, and you know, something that had to do with money. Um, and I had a really good counselor that kind of told me, hey, maybe just um, not be so, you know, uber focus on your major, but kind of back up and get a more broad education and, and um, major in business administration. So that's what I did. And that's really where I was exposed. I had a lot of different internships and whatnot. So the history was always like learning about business and how it operates and that kind of stuff. And so that's really where my roles um stayed my entire career um, and then I kind of grew with different positions moving up to supervisory so then like overseeing staff and other people and that entailed like training and just efficient work processes um, because it was kind of on my watch and things needed to get done and so it was being exposed to that and doing that over the course of a few years and then got into more decision making and problem solving type roles and so it was like coordinator, um, manager, things like that um, and then that became overseeing budgets and managing you know expenses and um, and and really forecasting revenues and things like that. And so a lot of that started coming into play. And then making the decision on hiring and, and utilizing my resources, whether it's you know Cogs and coming up with the best way to um, be more most efficient with your expenses and managing all that, or whether it's managing labor and hiring and performance management, all that kind of stuff. And so I really just had a good, a really good career in terms of like exposure to different aspects of business, and uh, and that's how we got here. Um, my journey was a little bit like unexpected or whatnot, but, but I think I've always really been in those operational
0: roles. Yeah. It seems like you've really worked yourself up from the bottom up, right? Had a lot of those entry-level roles and had just grown up through the ranks. Do you think that's been helpful and just, you seeing in kind of the the big picture and how everything kind of works together?
1: Sure for me yes i think um you know i graduated college in like 2001 so it was kind of at the time where i was like well i'm not going to get a job unless i get this salary and this position and you kind of enter into the workforce thinking you have these certain levels and then at the and then you get to the point where you're like, well, I just need a job.
0: <laughs> and so
1: um, you know, there's a, a humbling in that. And I think for me, that was the right path. That was really good. And um, you know, I took a job that was not quite minimum wage, but you know, it was very entry level. And it was very much like serving customers and doing the work. And and I think, you know, everyone's kind of got to pay their dues. And some people do it, you know, while they're in school, which I did a lot of those things. But really when it came down to it, it was like I'm on my own. I got I gotta pay rent, I gotta be responsible, I have you know this education that I would like to utilize. So I was very focused on making sure that my degree was something that stayed with me and that I used that education. And so the the careers that I chose, even if I was coming in at the entry level, there was always a A purpose and like a vision behind, okay, this can lead to that. So I'm going to go and I'm going to do this really, really well to the best of my ability and pay my dues. And I think we have to do that as business owners. I think we have to do that, you know, as a new employee, like entering into a new career um, and whatnot. So for me, yeah, I think it was very, it was very helpful. It was the right, um, it was the right path for my journey.
0: Right. No, that's great. Yeah. Sometimes when you don't have to go through that, you don't really understand what it's like to be working in that business at that staff level. So I'm sure that's that's been a great uh, part of giving you a background for you to be successful. So you you entry entry-level positions, you worked yourself up through supervisory managerial levels. How did you then get into a place where you're a business advisor? You're actually helping other businesses.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Well, um, I think I've always been, um, competitive. I've always been high, high achiever, high, high performer. Um, I played athletics, um, in high school and college. And so I think that always really stayed with me. And I think when you're looking at, um, I was always very goal oriented. So when I'm looking at my future and where I want to go, where I want to be, it was never off on my own or starting my own company or anything. It was like, you know, being a CEO or, you know, managing a, a, a big corporation. And, and the way that things kind of happened for me, um, I was exposed to small business um, and loved the impact that I had there in my role. And I was managing a, a, a small business and I was like, oh, this is great. Because prior to that, it was much more corporate, much more slow moving in terms of change or or things that I could see ripple effects of the decisions or problem solving that I was doing. But in this setting, it was like, Oh, wow. Like this is effective today (laughs) I see (laughs) that this decision caused that, you know, you can really see that in small business. I loved that. Um, and so, but I was really in a place where I, I couldn't go anywhere or do anything. And, and the owner really was, it's, it was their company. And so they were practicing their, um, you know, their craft within their company so that I was really on the business side of things and managing that. And they had decided to really kind of take a a different, more active role um, in managing and kind of taking over the company. And so we really just transitioned there. And so it left me at this uh, crossroads of like, what do I want to do? And, and, and in the past, my, my career had always been in the hands of somebody else. Right. And um, I had always had supporters like peers and other colleagues and things that I've worked with vendors in this situation um, that always were fans of me and like really great relationally. I leaned on them and they would always like be like my cheering section. That's what I mean by fan. Like they were always like right. cheering me on, you know, and really encouraging that way. And most of them were business owners themselves. And Mm -hmm. so when I had that opportunity to kind of transition out of that and it was like, what am I going to do next? I really didn't know. And Mm -hmm. I was kind of thinking like, all right, well, I love this small business thing. I think I want to continue down that road. But I mean, it was kind of like all of these business owners were interested in what I was doing next and really quite honestly, like offering me jobs in their companies. And I thought, I've I kind of want to work with all of you, not just one of you. And it was it was multiple, uh, kind of overwhelming a bit. Like I am selling something here, and they're <laughs> trying to buy, and I don't know what that is. And That's I got to figure out.
0: Is. Yeah, <laughs> so that's
1: where that's where coming into my own um, company really came from and, and putting together solutions that when I was hearing from them, they were like, these are the needs in, that I have. They were all different based mm-hmm. on their companies, you know, whatever they were going through and and quite honestly, their personality, what they were good at. So it was like, well, I'm good at this. So we're good here, but I'm not so good at this. Can you fill that gap? And so I was like, well, I think, yes, all of those things are skill sets that I have managing budgets, recruiting and hiring staff and managing their performance, you know, things that I was talking about before on my way up, I was like, I think that these can be really great business solutions. And when I did kind of put that together and said, Hey, I'm I'm going to turn down your offer, but I'm going to give you another one, you know? And I had my first clients really like before I could come up with, putting a company together. It was just like, here's some, you know, theory, things that I'm like coming up with. And they're like, yes, I'm in. And I'm like, gosh, okay, cool. Guess I got to get a website. I guess I got to start an LLC, you know? And so I, it was very, I think my experience was very unique in that way. But I think that's where, um, I think everybody can really look at what they're doing and what their strengths are and what they're offering because we are selling something, I think. Without even really knowing and and people do want to buy and I think that was my biggest learning curve was like, I I have something of value that other people and other businesses can can use and so that's how seeker solution was kind of came to be.
0: Yeah, did you ever feel like you had jumped out of the plane and were kind of stitching the parachute together as you went down.
1: You know what? I really know. Um, I think that we have this idea of how things are supposed to be, like personally, professionally. Like, oh, I'm, I'm not gonna get married until I, you know, da 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 da, right? Or I'm not gonna do this until I blah 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 blah. Those types of things. And I think in business, sometimes it's better just ready, fire, aim. Like,
0: yeah. I
1: have something here. I'm, I'm gonna capitalize it. I'm gonna provide a service to you that you clearly need, and I'm gonna. As long, my thing was I was clear on my mission and I was clear on my vision. I knew I knew what I had to do because I had this love for small business and I knew the gifting that I had that I could offer to other businesses as well. And so that I was like, I'll figure out the rest along the way. Um, and I think that that's kind of that skill that I picked up with problem solving and being in leadership positions um, mm-hmm. with bigger corporations, smaller businesses, other things that you know just kind of brought along the way.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Um, Have you over time then uh, found kind of a niche in certain industries um, or do you kind of work with businesses in a lot of industries?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think whenever I'm trying to um, put together like a marketing campaign or work with people on the outside, they really want to push us into this box of like, okay, well, what industry do you serve? And I'm like, really, like if you're building a budget, it's the same concept. Like you gotta make more than you spend guys. Like it's not right. It it translates to every industry. Now there are some, some, some industry like quirks and things like that, that like legislation or things that you need to learn up on. But the thing is that uh, my team and I have problem solving skills. Like that's one of the things that I think is the differentiator between just bringing somebody on to help fill like complete tasks and bringing a team like us on is when you're faced with problems, how do you, how do you solve those? Right. Um, and so that's not really a skill that you can just determine in an interview or teach or whatever. And so I think that that's where, um, that's, that's where that's helped us and, and, um, kind of lost my train of thought there, but (laughs) But um, what I was going at is um, just being able to problem solve and do that, I think, is the answer to whatever, whatever need that they have there and and being able to offer that.
0: Do you find that there are certain kinds of challenges that you uh, see repeated at these businesses that you tend to have, um, you know, solutions, you've, you've gained experience? You mentioned budgeting for one. Uh, But are there two or three or five kinds of areas that you see come up frequently and that you're able to provide help?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I remember what we were talking about now. It was talking about um, specific industries. And I will say the common themes that we see are not industry specific. They're more um, owner operator specific and and the role of the owner and what they're doing. And they're usually wearing all of the hats um, and get to the point in their company's growth where they become the bottleneck in the company. They become overwhelmed, overworked. They have their hands in everything. It's very difficult to go from doing everything to then bringing on a team themselves and delegating some of that and helping that kind of go because you you really have to go from and this is where I was getting at with the the problem solving you really have to go from like c level right to c level but in a small business you know that that's not very cost effective you can't afford to do that every bit that margin counts um and so you tend to be like all right well i'm gonna hire somebody like for entry level stuff but it really doesn't take anything off of your plate and so it's it's really bringing on a team like us that can help come in at an expert level for like a, a fraction of the cost. And how do you maximize that in your results? And, and in your, like I said, it, it comes down to problem solving. So all of it is, yes, okay, we have budgeting skills. And I think you can teach that to anybody. <laughs> you know, you want you want this to be more than this, <laughs> you want your your revenues to be more than your expenses. That's not the hard part. The hard part is what are the numbers telling us? What strategies do we need to deploy to make sure that we keep that happening? And how do we predict that moving forward and things like that? And I think that that's, that's why we're paying people high dollars to come in at a C-level and make those decisions, solve those problems for us. And you can't just go from like me, owner, okay, I, I hired a COO, guys, like you're going to now take everything over like that. Oh, that's a very big risk. And when we're talking about um, human resources being an investment, because they are. Uh, I think it's it's a very risky investment to take uh, because you don't have that trust. You don't know their skill set, like I was saying earlier. You can't determine that over an interview. Um, right. I mean, very very difficult to do that in a short period of time. Trust needs to be built and earned, and um, time after time being shown that. And so I think, you know, we do see common traits, and they're not industry specific. They're definitely. Um, Owner-specific traits, and uh, most of the time, they have a really difficult time um, uh, letting go of the things that they do, even if they're not good at them, right? Even if they're not really the the best person to be handling a task, it's like part of them. It's part of it's it's their name on the company. It's their it's their identity. It's part of that, and so we really understand that. And I think that that's why we get a first hand view of like some of these themes that come out of it is yeah it's really hard for me to delegate any of that stuff and I but at the same time I don't want to do anything to change my situation (laughs) I'm I'm always overwhelmed and overworked and I cannot I I know that I'm the bottleneck in the company but like that's what we are you
0: know where do we go from there right so would you say that the solutions you provide um are kind of homegrown based on your experience or do you bring in other kind of methodologies or concepts uh, that you kind of incorporate, maybe blend into what you do?
1: Sure. Um, I would say that none of the philosophies are mine. Um, they're the ones that I've chosen to incorporate. Sure. And I think that there's a kind of a customization in that. And um, that has to do more with my personality and, and my values and what I foundationally stand on as a company and what I want to do. Mm. Um, sure but I can't take credit for anything that we've done. Everything that we've done has been learned. We we are a collaborative group of people that have different skill sets and different um, expertise in other areas. And we rely on each other. We all bring things to the table. We all have our own opinions and things. And we really try to formulate our solutions to, um, to highlight our strengths in that. At the same time, we're taking yes we have standard operating procedures we use those we we they're tried and true we're practiced in them um at the same time not every client we work with is a cookie cutter the same either right. so you have to really understand what they're all about what their goals are what their mission is what their vision is what they're trying to do and um and and then customize our approach to you know what what they need and filling those gaps. And so I don't know that that really answers your question per se, but I I will say that we're a group of, um, lifelong learners. Um, you know, all of us have, um, you know, continued education and, and we're always learning every day. Um, not always in the classroom, but by experience as well. Um, and we're taking a lot of these business fundamentals that are just kind of core and implementing them, I think with our, personality I
0: guess. Oh that's fair that's fair. Um, Maybe tell us a story of how Seeker Solution your team uh, has had a a lasting impact on our small or mid-sized business.
1: Yeah I have heard um, so we are our solutions are set up to be um, a temporary fill in a gap for a transition or a long-term partner.
0: Okay. Right?
1: And I have heard um, from clients comments such as, um, gosh, you just did in six months what we've been trying to do for 10 years. Right. And um, and so it's a, a project based. So this particular story, um, company uh, partners, they uh, were architecture firm. Um, And and they really were um, trying to get out of uh, uh, like project management and that and and really focus on the business, the partners were. And so they needed to establish full SOPs and and implement like, hey, we need to get efficient. We need to be, you know, effective in everything that we're doing. And so they always had their ways of doing things, um, but nothing was ever like, defined the way that it needed to be to be like, okay, we're gone. Is this, is this ship still sailing without us? It was very much still dependent on them, their decision, that, that kind of thing. So we came in, um, we, uh, with our process management, um, solution, uh, worked on SOPs. And I think the key isn't just defining them. I think with us is keeping us long enough to help implement them because that's, That's really the tricky thing. I think everyone knows probably they have it in their head. So the process of like getting it to here and on paper and like defined is typically a pretty easy process for us. um, Because everyone's like, oh, this is what we do. Like, it's very easy to to get through. The hard part is the implementation. And that's what they really had to tough time doing and so it's really just setting up accountability and making sure that hey this is being followed and putting in protocol when it is and putting in protocol when it's not and this is what we're going to do and and clear communication clear expectations and that's that's really what our um strong point was in that project and so when it was all said and done and we were kind of looking back and evaluating it and i um had that comment made and um so that project was done and we moved on to something else and um And they had contacted me years later after we had transitioned out. We actually hired on an operations director because they got to the point in their size where they needed somebody internally. Um, And then they called me later because they were running into the same thing. And they were like, hey, can you come back and do that same thing? And so it was like something that we had done years before, stuck with them, And they said okay we know we know that this is effective and we know that these practices like really work for us can you come back and do it again and so we had to do it with a new process i don't even remember what it was at this point i think (laughs) think it was more uh, something to do with their project management um you know system but uh but it was that's like when you were talking about how did we leave a lasting legacy well this is years later Um, because they were really one of my first clients. They were in this group of peers that I had that were like, oh, you're going to come in and like be our, you know, ops director. And I was like, actually, maybe not. And so that I got to do that really early on in, in what I was doing, and then came, come back years later and help do that same exact thing. Because it was still happening. They were still using those processes years later and, and it was, it was effective. It was, it was working for them. And they needed to do that in another area of the business. And I was like, gladly, this is exactly what we're here for. So that was, that was a really cool thing. Come full circle of like being one of my first clients to then, you know, coming in, coming back, coming back home. It kind of felt like.
0: (laughs) No, that's great to be able to, um, to see the fruit, right, you know, to to be able to look back into that organization a decade later and know that your team had this impact that was uh, what well, was lasting. Right. And uh, not only was it lasting, but they knew that that solution could help them in this new functional area that they needed the same thing. So, no, yeah. That's and we
1: they went. they connected the dots. And also we like I think that was a really big piece of it. You don't always get to see the fruit. You'd plant a lot of seeds. Yeah. You don't always get to see the fruit. And you were, and they saw that that was attributed to the work that we had all done in the beginning, um, you know, because it was a very collaborative effort. We really honed, honed in and, and worked hard on it. So it was yeah. like, hey, we know we could do this. Let's just make it, you know, let's do it again. So that was very rewarding.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's great. Um, in your years of, of working with business owners, I'm wondering if you might have a word of advice, or maybe there's just a common theme that you see that uh, might help business owners, small and mid-sized business owners, based on your experience, if you could share just some insight that you've gained.
1: Sure. I think it's just that you don't have to do this alone. Um, You're not the first person to encounter whatever obstacle you're encountering. There are people who have gone before you, who have done it before you. Um, and there is a much bigger community of people that understand what you're going through. Sometimes it can be extremely lonely might be not the right right word, but it feels like you're doing it alone. Um, some of them, even, even if you do have a team, even if you have a partnership or co-owners, you're all doing different parts, aspects of the business. So, um, but it's, it's more just you, there are solutions out there there are um there is support and you don't have to do it alone and you don't have to have all of the answers either it doesn't have to be you solving the problem every time um i think in the beginning you know we talked about paying dues i think that's part of it i think that's why a lot of them have that mentality is because when we first start we have to do everything i think it's part of the it's part of the you know part of, part of what comes with it. And that's a very important part, but the, another important part is letting go and watching it grow. And I mean, I think it can be just as comparable as like growing a garden or, um, raising children or, you know what I mean? It's things like that where eventually your, your goal is to, to enjoy what's grown and to let your children like go off and do that on their own. And, um, you know that's hard. So I think the the how uh, it's different for everyone. I think that that's up to their own pers- personality. But what we see is the the how is a struggle for a lot of people um, because it's not the things that are being done. They they focus less on the results of what's happening as they start growing and letting go of some of these um, responsibilities. They're looking less at the deliverable of what they gave away and more of how they do it. Well, that's not how you do it. Yeah. Well, no, 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 that's not how you do it. Right. But is it being done and is it being done up to standard? And okay. we we sometimes can get lost in that. And, and that is a very common thing that we see with owners um, okay. that I think that would be the biggest, if I can say one takeaway <laughs> today, mm-hmm. look at the result of what is happening that's not on your not not within your control look at the result of it and right. not so much on how they got there um it is important i'm not saying that because there could be more efficient ways of doing things right like you could but they could be doing it more efficiently than you and if you're not open to a different way um you can get lost in that and i think that there's there's something to be learned from that
0: yeah i i think your your point of kind of like you said, being alone, but not necessarily that you feel lonely kind of a thing, but maybe more isolated that you, the weight of the organization is kind of on your shoulders and that creates this isolation. Um, but you're you're also correct, I think, in pointing out that because business owners just have to do everything, right? It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it has to get done. And we've grown reliant on ourselves to make sure it gets done. That delegation is a key transition point and one of the phrases we use at the rewild group is the idea of moving from an owner-centric organization to an enterprise-centric organization and that transition is the hardest on the owner because they have to change kind of how they see their relationship with the organization so, absolutely yeah Okay, well, that's great. I appreciate that insight, and I'm sure our, our audience will as well. Um, if uh, if a business owner, business leader, would like to get in touch with Seeker Solution, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you?
1: I would just say check out our website, SeekerSolution.com. It's got all different ways of contacting us. So whatever is the easiest preference for them, whether it's our phone numbers on there, our um, emails. There's a contact form even, so they don't even have to email. They can just do it right from our website. We've got all of our social media uh, links on there as well. So if they want to just kind of learn more about us and follow us for a bit, that's great too. So I think that they can just go to our website, SeekerSolution.com, and and um, contact us, whatever they feel most comfortable reaching out with.
0: Okay. That's awesome. So Jamie, I appreciate your time today and Jamie's out of Phoenix. So especially if you're in that area, uh, you know, look, look her up again at seeker solution, no s.com, seeker solution.com. We'll put the link to her website in the notes of the podcast. Uh, I want to thank our audience, of course, for joining us today. And I'm sure you'll, you've identified some ideas here that, uh, that Jamie's been able to share that can help your business and have a lasting impact on your organization. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Matt Pohl here. Thank you for watching this episode of Leaders of Lasting Impact. If you're a successful business advisor, I encourage you to go to leaders.rewildgroup.com where you can learn how to be a guest on our show. If you enjoyed the episode, please share on social media. You can also tag people that you think might be a good guest for our show. Just be sure to use hashtag leaders of lasting Impact so we can see your comments and suggestions. We release episodes on a regular basis, so be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Finally, we really appreciate your ratings and reviews. Those go a long way with promoting our podcast. It really means a lot to me and our team. Learn more about the Rewild Group at rewildgroup.com or you can follow us on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening, we'll see you next time.